Hello, and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Human Design with Victoria Jane. Here, we have candid, insightful conversations about human design and what it's like living your experiment. We'll hear from entrepreneurs, healers, and growth-oriented folks as they practice living their design. And we use these conversations as a space to share the challenges, wins, the ahas and learning moments of living in alignment with your truest life. There's no one right way to do it, and these conversations are here to reassure, expand, and inspire you on your own human design experiment. Hi, and welcome back. It is wonderful to be speaking again in another episode, and today I want to talk about something that is, I want to call it like human design adjacent, because there's something that happens when or after I think we learn our designs, and of course everyone has their own individual unique reaction, but there are some common buckets Like there's some people I find that are maybe initially off put because there's something that feels a little bit disempowering at first. Like, for example, classic, like the projector that feels disempowered because they don't want to wait for an invitation or the manifester that feels a little off put or hurt because they're told that they have this big, strong energy and maybe there's been a little bit of judgment or shame around that full power of initiating. And then, you know, the, eventually, if, if human design resonates with those people, they move into and join another group of people that feel really seen and affirmed by their design. That sense of like, yes, this is, this is me. This is how I work. This is how I've always felt. I just didn't know it was okay to be like this. And I think that that's the moment where so many of us get turned on to human design, right? I know I felt that way. And it continues to, to evolve. And it's this sense of, wow, human design is this map of who I am. And it's telling me that there's this way to navigate life that's going to feel better, whether that's, you know, smoother, more in alignment, easier. And this thinking, while it's certainly true, and there's so much of it that I stand by, this easier concept can be such a slippery slope. And it's one that I've gone through myself, which is why I really want to talk about it, because I want to share some of the the lessons that I've learned along the way. And I know I'm not alone in this because I have coaching clients and HDCC students and just people that know me and know about human design. And we've had conversations around, does the journey of following your design get to all be easy? Does it, is it all just you know, rainbows and sunshine. And of course, like, you know, I'm saying that and I know that's a little bit rhetorical. We all know that it's not all perfect. But sometimes things being hard is not something that we talk about that much in human design, or or maybe I feel like I want to talk about more. And so again, this topic around does the journey have to be hard is not specifically focused on any one aspect of our design, but it's coming to terms with what happens when we really start following our designs and the ripple effect of what happens when we start taking action according to what our authority is telling us and our strategy. So first I want to acknowledge, and this is something that I'm, I'll say, guilty of too, is that it's really easy to be reductive about 
what happens or what what we hope will happen when we start following our design. I think especially in the age of social media where, you know, there's only so much space on a screen or so many characters that we can fit in a certain space, that it's easy to promise, follow your design and things get easier and better. And again, I do really also stand by that. However, there's so much nuance that sometimes is hard to convey. And even when we're doing something that is in alignment, doesn't always mean that things are easy. And if you have listened to some of my prior episodes so far, you already know that, for example, I've gone through my own major life transitions with relationships and where I live and career. And that's what I wanted to dig into today. So first of all, this question or maybe topic around easy versus hard what gets to be easy and maybe what can be hard about following our design. And again, like if you're in this self-growth, development, spiritual wellness space, I think a lot of times there's a resistance around, like nobody wants to say, oh, I, I believe things are hard. I think there's a big, at least in my own journey, there's a big emphasis on we really want to cultivate our beliefs And I'm certainly not saying that I believe that things have to be hard, but there is a line to be drawn around how much we're clinging to things needing to be easy. And if we misinterpret challenges that might come our way as a signal that we're doing something wrong. Uh, So that's something I want to get into. And then how things can be both easy and hard. Like it doesn't have to be this black and white metric that we look at things through. And then that opens up a question around, well, what do we even mean by hard when things are hard? Because there are different kinds. So I want to talk about how we can start identifying what that feels, at least how it feels for me. And if those words or descriptions resonate with you, or maybe you have your own way of feeling it based on what your authority is and what other centers you have defined or undefined. And through looking at that, how can we then use that information you know, if something is in alignment hard, I'll call it, versus a slog hard, that can then guide us towards better following our design and continuing on that path. And before even jumping into that, I just want to acknowledge that I'm laughing a little bit at myself and how I'm thinking about this and my own design. I have the channel of judgment, the 1858, from my root to my spleen. And as the name implies, right? (laughs) Channel of judgment. Like there is a part of me that wants to measure how things are doing. Are we doing a good job or not? And as I've been sitting in this topic the last several months, I noticed that at the beginning, before I had some of this clarity that I wanted to share, that I was kind of embarrassed to mention that this is how I see things a little bit. There is a healer I work with where, you know, I think it was bringing up like, I want to know how I'm doing. Like, how am I doing on my own path? Because a lot of the same things I used to measure myself by, for example, title, salary, what praise other people were giving me, like those things have really shifted. And a lot of it is coming more from within me. And so then where I went to was, well, do they feel like they're flowing? And again, this is, I think, sometimes gets like really spiritually simplified of, oh, things are just like always flowing, right? And 
again, that can be true, but things can also be challenging at the same time. And so at first I was a little, like I said, I felt bad that I needed to or wanted to have this way of looking at things to assess how are we doing. But the gift that the 1858 really shares with the collective, because this channel is a collective channel, is finding out the things that work so that we can all live our best lives, so that we can find the most thriving, expansive way to figure out how we want to move into the future for the collective. And it was so helpful for me, like I continually look back at my own chart to find these nuggets of understanding myself better. And this this is one of them where I was able to shift out of oh, I feel bad about myself for trying to measure things on this like good versus bad duality, which it's not really about. And instead seeing it as and reframing it as, oh, I want to understand what really works to build towards the most expansive path for the future. And I can also share my thoughts around that. So I want to share a little bit about my own evolution and how I view things as both easy and hard at the same time because I'm learning and evolving too. And it wasn't that long ago, like one to two years ago, where I had a really simplistic view of things. So like when I was going through the intensity of my Saturn return and I was really being challenged mentally, physically, emotionally, it made sense to me that if I started making choices and taking action towards things that felt more in alignment, of course it would get better. Of course it would be easier. For example, you know, physically not sleeping and having all these health issues. Well, if I took the time to get space and rest, of course I would feel better. Or with work and, you know, the corporate job I was in that was so draining. Well, if I started doing work that felt more in alignment, of course that would feel so much better for me. And so those choices were, while they were scary, felt really easy to make because they were so clear. And I think in part that I had that because I was in my third line phase and there was all the bumping into all these things that weren't working out that gave me that conviction, which I'm so grateful for. And, you know, that was just the first phase of things, this moving out of things that were really out of alignment into towards more alignment and this kind of like I'm almost picturing like two dots on a graph like moving from point a in the lower left hand corner to like point b in the upper right like oh that must be the trajectory that I'm on but again that was just that first piece and so I think the belief that I developed was as long as I keep doing things in alignment it will continue to feel easier because of course like hard was this old way of doing things and that's not how I'm doing it anymore and yeah and and I looking back at that now I'm like that feels a little bit simplistic a little bit naive and to some extent I think my open emotional center might also play a role in this of like you know it feels really uncomfortable to have these uncomfortable emotional things come up And I didn't necessarily think that like things would have to be hard when I started living and practicing my design more. But that's because I, the only thing I had ever really known, I think, was what I like to call slog hard. So I like to differentiate between what kinds of hard are there. And there is this, like, it's a slog. Things are kind of staying in the same place. I'm in a rut, that kind of hard from the kind of hard that expands us. And 
I don't think I knew that choosing things that were in alignment could also be this other kind of hard, even though I had had what you might call ego deaths where, you know, I had to let go of different identities and labels for myself. Those decisions still felt easy in certain ways because I was so clear from all of the third line rock bottom experiences. And this is where, again, easy and hard both exist because it was so simple for me at that point to, to move through it. But there was also a sort of hard that was yet to come that I actually didn't have the space for yet. And what I mean by that is I also at this time was very focused on my manifestation practice and I had this really formulaic belief that if I do XYZ, then my manifestations will just drop in and it's going to be great. And again, perhaps this is that channel of judgment. Certainly it's in part my own upbringing and conditioning, but I really was fixed on this concept that I needed things to feel or I wanted things to feel easy and in flow as validation that I was doing it, quote, right. And what I know now is that for me, following my design has also led to some of the hardest times in my life. And those were the the months, year, following some of these decisions that felt so easy. And so this leads into, well, what kind of hard are we talking about? Because I've already described a little bit of how I felt prior to all of this clarity and this ease, this other kind of hard, the slog, the stalled out hard, which to me feels like a little numb and kind of just like the image I get is like a cartoon me, like waking up like Groundhog Day almost, like doing the things that feel like a slog, not all of me being online, sort of a deadened feeling, and then just going to bed, rinse and repeat. And a lot of this language comes from a healer that I've worked with that I'm so grateful for. And she also pointed out to me, well, it's a self-betrayal. It's a self-abandonment of what feels true for you. And in contrast to the aligned heart that I have come to study with for the last year or so. And this aligned heart is some kind of meaningful initiation. It's your personality or ego feeling so uncomfortable, maybe because you're in the unknown, maybe because you're being asked to die for what you believe in, you being this old version of you or the version of you that no longer fits. And it feels really vulnerable and shaky and potentially like you're being annihilated so that more of you or a different part of you or the next version of you can be born, can then feel alive. It's a dying to be reborn. And a lot of what I just described there does not feel good. And that's a framework that I've been bringing to these moments that feel so challenging where I know when I was sitting in some of these, I was thinking, what am I doing wrong? It, I didn't think it was supposed to be this way. But now, you know, I've learned to be able to identify, oh, this is what in alignment, intelligent hard feels like. And here's the other thing. We need both kinds of hard. We need the slog hard so that we can know how to pivot, how to change course, 
how to move towards what feels more true because nobody's life is static, right? And however long you're in that slog, stalled out hard, is probably where you actually need to be. I know, again, for myself, it didn't always feel that way, but it's not something to resist. It's something to acknowledge. And I was in slog, stalled out hard for years. <laughs> you know, I had those years of health issues, like I lost my period, I had my tingling limbs and headaches and tested like almost essentially zero on all my hormones two years before I actually got the courage to jump and face a different kind of hard. And a good way to start identifying what your slog stalled out hard feels like in addition to thinking about some of the the words that I mentioned above and if those resonate for you or if you have other words is also to think about what your not-self theme is, of course, because whether that's frustration or anger or disappointment, I know that there was so much bitterness that I was feeling during this period. The funny thing is, though, I didn't realize it at the time. And so even with full hindsight is twenty twenty, you know, I want to say like, I don't know if I would have been able to or if I would have chosen to change how things played out because I simply couldn't see it. To some extent, that bitterness had always been this sort of background hum in my life, along with always hustling and grinding, that I wouldn't have been able to recognize that kind of hard until, like I said, it got so extreme. But that's what I needed to go through to learn what bitterness felt like to me. It was running to keep up with people who were excelling in their work and I myself feeling exhausted and still not fully recognized. It was seeing people in other industries doing work that felt more aligned, that felt like such a calling and being jealous, but then telling myself, well, they can only do that because of something special about their situation and keeping myself small or thinking that I couldn't. And I share this because I want to highlight the point that, again, it's totally necessary, important, and helpful to sometimes be in the slog hard to understand what it's like. So if you are in that place or in any other situation that feels challenging, it's not about trying to speed through it or try to make it shorter or somehow bypass it. There are no shortcuts to growth, unfortunately. But you can ask yourself, do you really think you're meant to be feeling the way you feel right now? Is what's highest and best for you, is the universe that's supporting you, do you think it would really want you to be feeling the way you feel? And if you're not totally happy, if something feels like a slog, it's not that you have to take action immediately. Again, back to the not trying to cut things off, make things shorter, go more quickly. But can you be honest with yourself and admit it? And actually fully let in the significance of the truth of how you're feeling, whether that's uninspired, sort of deadened, not excited, maybe yearning or longing for something different. 
And that is such a potent, fertile ground to build the energy and the reserves and the conviction to move from the slog hard to the in alignment hard. And that's also the ground upon which you get to build that clarity and that conviction and that ease that gets to happen all at the same time. And can you imagine that you're not meant to feel the way that you might feel if you're in that slog hard place? So this feels important to say, if you're feeling your not self theme right now, that's a good thing. It's great to be there because you have a clear signal that something needs to change at some point when you feel ready to. And at a certain point, you'll move out of that. And we get to go through these cycles as humans living our lives. And when we go through these cycles, the survival part of us, the primal part of us that wants to keep us safe and not rock the boat might feel scared and challenged. And that's okay. I also want to add one student from HTCC said about following her authority. It's like constantly trust falling, which can be scary. It's a change, a process. But I feel so much better and I see my life changing in more and more ways. Yeah, that feels pretty accurate. It is like trust falling because you're trusting a totally different way of being potentially from how you've operated for 20, 30, however many years you've been alive. And it's okay for that to be a process. The other piece I want to just quickly weave in is splenic definition. So as a defined spleen, I know when I'm making these in alignment hard choices my survival instincts will kick in and it can feel really intense. Like, what if this thing doesn't work out? What if, you know, the fear of failure, fear of inadequacy, da-da-da, and those will really rear their heads. And I have to remind myself that as long as I'm really listening to my spleen, there's no reason to pay attention to those fears because I'm making sure that I'm actually getting the right signals from my spleen in the first place. And if you're an undefined spleen, you know, you're open to the anxieties that are around you, maybe from the people who love you. Why are you giving up a safe thing that doesn't make sense what you're doing? And is there a temptation to stay in the situations that don't serve you for longer than feels healthy? for you to hold on to these false scenarios or people or job to give you a sense of security when there's already another part of your design that's nudging you towards something more true. So yes, it can feel hard to make the unusual or different choice to change the terms of our relationships with people to venture into the unknown. But it's also hard to be stuck in frustration or to feel unmotivated or exhausted or trapped. So you get to choose. What kind of hard do you want? The kind that expands you or the kind that keeps you where you're at? Ultimately, there's no rush either because maybe you need to rest. Maybe you need to pause and get in touch with something within yourself to even hear where you're meant to be going. Maybe you need to heal your body in some way or another part of your many different aspects of yourself. I fully trust in you 
and your design, and I fully trust that you know what you need. Even if it doesn't feel like you know, maybe you're still getting to know how to ride an emotional wave, your emotional wave, or exactly what clarity feels like to you when you're an environmental authority, or whatever it is. I also know and trust that you are here to discover that for yourself. You already know what it means and you're simply sifting through to actually connect with it. So I am sending you lots of love and before we fully go, I would so appreciate if you found this helpful to leave a review, share your thoughts, share with a friend. I am so grateful for you for listening and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did, a couple quick asks. First, would you be willing to show some support with a review or sharing with a friend, maybe someone you're trying to get into human design? With the review, I know a lot of us are listening on the go, so myself included. So if you could pause while you're in line at the store or remember to check back in later, it is a free way to show some recognition, which you know I deeply appreciate as a projector. So thanks in advance. And secondly, I also love hearing what you're taking away from the episode. So if you want to take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at victoriajane.hd, I love knowing what you learned or if there's anything you have more questions on. We can always do future episodes and go deeper. I love connecting in that way via stories too, so feel free to do that. And thanks so much. See you on the next episode. 